Um, when a person finds out the significance of what they do, and they feel that there's deep meaning in it, and they feel like they can make a difference and make a contribution, they come alive and they're wanting to go to work. If you're not tap dancing to work, as Buffett says, and you can't wait to go to work to be of service, don't expect people to want to get your service. Exactly. Um, and I think that then also speaks to about how you show up, because if you're showing up with this perception, you're not you're not able to deliver or offer that value in exchange. Um, I know that you have a very um, well-developed uh, test um, on on your platform that allows people to actually determine what their highest values are can we talk a little bit about you know what the highest values are how that works so it's a little bit easier for um, an entrepreneur to maybe sit down and look at that and to kind of um, you know do a bit of a what is those little circles and the lines connecting the dots that we what we do when we we're kids um, so it's easier for them to maybe go through a little practical step to to get to what those are so they can align them well on my website drtmartini.com there's a complimentary value determination process and it's really very eye-opening and I would do it more than once I do it now today I do it a week from now a month from now and every quarter because you are evolving as a human being and there's tweaking going on in what your values are what's priority to you and you need to keep current with what that is. Sometimes it changes more frequent, sometimes less. But if you just ask somebody what their values are, they'll usually tell you what they've injected from society, the traditions, conventions, and the ideals that they think they're supposed to be instead of what their life demonstrates. I'm only interested in what their life demonstrates because their hierarchy of values is dictating how they perceive, decide, and act, and their life is really reflecting what they really value. Mm. Many people say, I want to be financially independent. And then they don't show it because they keep spending their money on consumables that depreciate in value and they never get hit financially. So what they say they want to do and what they actually do, I'm only interested in what their acts are. Yes. I'm not interested in what people make up in mm. their head. So this value determination process clears past the facade that you might give yourself and actually looks at what your life demonstrates. It looks at how you fill your space. Because things that are really valuable to you keep close to you. It looks at how you spend your time. You make time, find time, spend time thing on, on things that are really valuable to you. It looks at what you're energized by. When you're doing things that are high in your values, your energy goes up. Mm. It looks at what you spend your money on. You won't spend money on things you don't value, mm. but you'll find money for things that are. Mm. It looks at what you're most ordered in. Things that are high in your values, you bring order and organization to. Things that are low in your values, you let go into chaos. It looks at what you're disciplined. Whatever's highest on your values are spontaneously disciplined to do. It looks at exactly what you think about, visualize, and talk to people about most, and talk to yourself internally about most, because that gives you an idea of what goes around and ruminates in your head, because mm. whatever's highest on your value determines your thoughts, your visions, and your internal dialogue. Mm. And then it looks at what inspires you, because the things that inspire you are the things that bring tears to the eyes is the thing that you're committed to getting done. And the things that people do that inspire you is a reflection of what's important to you. And then you look at what your goals are that you've been persistent on that you are actually making come true. Not the ones that aren't, but the ones that are. And then the last thing is what you spontaneously want to learn about, listen to, read, video, watch, etc. Because you constantly want to learn about what's really important to you. If you go through this 13-step value determination, it takes about 30 minutes. If you do it integrally and not write down what you think it should be or what it, you, you wish it would be or what it used to be, but write down what your life demonstrates. 
if you'll do that with integrity at the end, you'll summarize it and you'll look at it and you go, gosh, no wonder I'm having the reality I'm at. Your hierarchy of values dictates your destiny, dictates your financial destiny, dictates your business destiny. So knowing what that is and then structuring your life by prioritization according to that is a key. If you don't fill your day with high priority actions that inspire you, your day is going to fill up with low priority distractions that don't. And if you don't delegate lower priority things, you're going to devalue yourself. You, you're, you're, the universe is rewarding people who live by priority, delegate lower priority, and give job opportunities to others, and get on to not micromanaging people because Absolutely. they're not inspired, but to get on with doing something that is deeply meaningful, that is priority. You do that, and you're going places. You're going to build momentum. You're going to expand yourself. You're going to be a leader. Absolutely. And um, I just, in terms of your your own journey, um, you've been on as... Um, a speaker, a mentor, a author, um, to name a few. How how did you how do you align your values to what it, the work that you do? I don't align the values to the work. I align the work to the, the values. values. You're a reflection of your values. Mm. Your job is to find the link between what you're committed to doing, you say yes. you want to do, and make sure it's linked to the highest values. Because mm. if you link it the other way around, you're subordinating to an outside idealism mm -hmm. but if you actually find out what is expected of you how it helps you you're doing it because you're winning absolutely and so that's the key it's not about linking your values to things it's you're linking what you're doing to what you value what most you value. so you have deep meaning in what you're doing exactly um, do you have any insights or tips for entrepreneurs around um, communicating um, you know once they've been able to to link to what's really what they find have deep meaning um, and being able to link their business back to that to um, potentially um, as you were mentioning empower but also share that as a vision with their team members and to to install the same kind of not necessarily their values but that they align with that deeper purpose well there's a number of exercises that's wise to do first of all the greatest teacher the greatest leading component is exemplification if you're inspired if you're prioritized and you're doing what you love you give permission for other people to do the same then what you do is you, if you hire people, the key is hiring people that are inspired to do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't see the relationship between these job responsibilities that you're delegating and their highest values, they're not going to be engaged. You're going to then have to go down and micromanage them and push them uphill and motivate them. And motivation is a symptom, never a solution for business. Mm -hmm. If you're having to motivate people with punishment and reward, you got the wrong person. If they're intrinsically called to do it, if they're intrinsically called to do it, they don't need to be motivated. Exactly. You're going to delegate it and they run with it. And surrounding yourself with eight people that do that liberates you to go on and do what you're inspired exactly. to do. But if you're sitting there having to micromanage people, you've hired people to feel good about yourself with your own uh, ego, looking down on them, mm. thinking you're important, instead of actually hiring people that are more powerful than mm. yourself, so you can release it. Exactly. And if you free yourself up by surrounding yourself with people that are fully engaged, mm. you liberate yourself to go on and let them advance that. Because the people I delegate to know more about what I'm doing in the things I'm delegating than I do. If mm -hmm. I, I, there's no way I can keep up with all the things I've delegated around the world mm -hmm. and all the different people around the world. Mm -hmm. I let them become the experts in that area and yeah. surround myself with those experts. Exactly, and it also allows them to then empower themselves based on what they're good at and not what you're telling them to if, do. If they, if they are not inspired to do it, you've got the wrong person. Exactly. <clears throat> if you have to, 
I, I, I hired somebody one time, I said, if I gave you 10 million US dollars right now and you didn't have to work, what would you do with your life? And if it isn't matching what I'm asking for, thank you very much. That's it. <laughs> Why would I waste my time on somebody that's just needing a job? I don't want desperate people needing a job. Exactly. I want people that's that are on a mission to just for the go. money because it's not going in the long term. It's not going to do anybody justice. Buffett hires the people to run his companies on people that don't need the money. Yeah, he makes, makes sure perfect he, sense. Yeah, they're already, they're already financially independent. They're doing it because they want to do that job. Yes, because you know, they... I, but, but you exemplifying a, a congruent objective mm. is one of the biggest things. Because if you're not doing it, don't expect to surround yourself with people doing it. Because nobody's going to want to work around somebody that's I not I completely smart. agree. There's a lot of self... I, I want to use the word self-mastery. I'm not saying that's exactly the correct uh, word. But it actually comes down to how much... Yes, how much you're investing in terms of becoming as close to as you can of what you see your purpose to be and how that... Um well, your highest value is the purpose. Exactly. Your, your, your telos, as Aristotle called it. When a person identifies what's truly most meaningful to them, most inspiring, most fulfilling, and they go and pursue that and prioritize their life accordingly and ask, what are the highest priority actions I can do today to fulfill that? And how do I delegate everything else? Because anything you're doing that's lower on your values, you devalue yourself. And anything that's highest on your value, you revalue yourself. And until you value yourself, don't expect the clients and customers, employees to. To value you, yeah. You have to, you have to, if you want to be the leader, you have to be the leader. Exactly. And that means living by priority. Mm. In philosophy, they called it a priori versus a posteriori. Mm. A priority was living by an deductive mm. mechanism from a, a divine calling, if you will. Exactly. And, and posteriori was basically letting the world on the outside induce it. Mm. So having the capacity to live by priority is, is the key in this game. Absolutely. Um, I think I certainly see on a weekly basis clients that, that we're working with, that we new, new people I meet, and there is a sense of being stuck in their businesses. They, they started the business because they had this high value purpose. And then somewhere in between they got involved in working so hard in the business that they're actually not able to do the greater purpose of that. Yeah, they're not delegating enough. Yes. Is no. there any other insights or tips maybe about how they can get unstuck um, once they know all of this? Yeah. Well, the first thing to do is to make a list of everything they do in a day. If a person will take a piece of paper out, put six columns on it. On the first left column, write down every single thing you do in a day, personal and professional. And I don't mean general things like marketing and accounting and things like that. Every detail, every action step you do in each of those categories. Mm -hmm. Once you make a very thorough list, right next to it, write down what does it produce per hour? What does that particular action step produce in an hour? You need to look at what's really producing versus just stuff. A lot of times people are busy doing stuff that don't really do anything. They're busy majoring in minors and minoring in majors, not doing the 20% that gives them 80% result. So they go in there and they identify what exactly is the productivity per hour. And they have to extrapolate that the best they can. So if they spend 20 minutes on it, multiply it times three. If they spend two hours on it, divide it by half. Find out what it produces per hour. And if it doesn't know what that is, do your best assessment of that. So that way you can look and discern what's really priority. And then mm -hmm. reprioritize that list according to what produces the most to least. Then next to it, and that's the third column, is what is the meaning it provides? A one out of ten skill. Meaning a ten is like I'm inspired to do it. One is I don't want to go to work. <laughs> and reprioritize yes. it according to what's really meaningful to you. Because yeah. you've got to find out the thing that's most productive and meaningful to you to want to be fully engaged. The next one is, what is the cost of delegation? If you were to hire somebody to get it done at the same standard as what you would do, or better, greater, 
uh, what would it cost? And that's everything, not just salaries, but every cost from the paperclip to the pen to the depreciating assets that are involved, the room space, the equipment, the training, lost, lost time, cost everything. And then the next column is how much uh, time is spent on that per day. And the last one is what's the final prioritization? If you finally prioritize that and get an idea of factoring all those variables, you'll find out what's really the most important thing to be putting your energies on, the thing that's most meaningful, most productive. And then you want to layer by layer, starting at the bottom, work your way up by delegating layer by layer until you're freed, until your final layer is the duplication of yourself. If a person will do that, they'll break through a plateau, they'll get on with inspiration, they'll expand their game, they'll hire some people that are qualified, as long as they hire people that are really inspired to do those things, and their, their business can do it. In 15 months, my, my business went tenfold in increase when I did that one exercise. Tenfold. And I freed myself up. I started out with one assistant with me, and I had 12, 12 staff members and five doctors underneath me within 15 months. And a 5,000 square foot office with a busy staff. Powerful. Because we prioritized and, and focused and made sure that the, that the services matched the customers. If I don't meet their customers' needs, there's no business. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a demand, you're projecting assumptions onto the marketplace. Yes, exactly. And uh, recent uh, stats I also read was the highest reason for businesses failing is because there's no need for what they're doing. Well, they're projecting assumptions mm -hmm. and projecting their exactly. needs onto people. Exactly, and they're people. trying to sell something that Uphill. doesn't have value because they 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 trying f to find clever marketing ideas to sell something that there's no need for. Exactly. So. It's just for me, essentially, that is why. Well, there's some, there's some, uh, I guess you could say, objectives that people have in business where they are not necessarily trying to meet everybody's needs. They're trying to get a niche. Mm. But if you do, you're going to have to do slick marketing, and that's very costly and exactly. high overhead. But the, the, the bottom line is to find out what people's needs are and come down off the high horse and don't be narcissistic, but go out there and exactly. care enough about an individual to serve them. Mm. When you serve Agreed. them and help them get what they want, they help you get what you want. Agreed. And then you can get and extract in a pyramid fashion the, the layers of people to do the specialties that you want to give to people. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> I think I got goosebumps like probably 10 times. Uh, there's a lot that resonates with me and I hope the same for you. Guys, um, just in closing, uh, Dr. Demartini, would you like to just provide one little takeout from our chat today? If there's one thing you'd like the listeners to remember from what we've spoken today in terms of aligning with their highest purpose or value. Well, take the time to go to the value determination process. Again, drdemartini.com, value determination. Take the time to do it. Do it again. Do it until you're certain. And then start structuring your life and don't lie to yourself about what's important to you. Don't sit there and inject the values of others. Anytime you try to envy other people and try to imitate other people, you're probably going down and going to conformity instead of enormity. You've got to give yourself permission to be you. You've got to be permission to go out and do something that cares about other people. In the, the book, the great book of the Book of Wealth by Hubert L. Bancroft, he said that there are three things common to the wealthiest individuals. They felt by divine providence and human sovereignty that they were destined to serve vast numbers of people. If you don't have a humanitarian mission to go out and make serve vast numbers of people, don't expect to be very fortunate. Number two, they feel that they have adhered to raise the standard of culture by going and developing and pursuing excellence in what they're doing and raising the standard by hiring opportunities and building a company to raise the overall scale of life. And third is they had transcended the illusions of gain and loss and perceptions of positive and negatives associated with money. Money is a measurement of services rendered. 
if you serve a lot of people, you, you deserve to make a lot of money. Okay. I've asked people by the millions, how many people have ever used Microsoft Windows? Every hand goes up. Mm -hmm. Now you exactly. know why he's a billionaire. Exactly. Because if yeah. you care enough about humanity to find out what people need, what people and you need. go out of your way to directly or indirectly and efficiently and effectively deliver it, more effectively than anybody else, you're on your way to being a very wealthy mm -hmm. and prosperous business person. And there's nothing more magnificent than actually feeling the fulfillment of watching people's lives open up with thank you for serving their needs. It's what's most fulfilling. We have a sensory cortex and a motor cortex in our brain. The motor cortex is for service, the sensory cortex is for reward. If we balance those two out and make a perfect equity and fair exchange that's sustainable, truly an equitable change, transition, all of a sudden we end up with the, the life we want. Absolutely, wow. Um, there you have it. I think that um, there's a lot of food for thought. If you've just tuned in, you're thinking what we are talking about. There will be a podcast a little bit later this week. Um, if not, by Monday, we promise with the link um, for this assessment that you can go and do. Guys, I'll be back next Tuesday and every Tuesday between 2 and 3. This is Nadia Hearn. Thanks so much, Dr. John Demartini, once again for joining us on the flip side. And hopefully we'll chat to you very soon. Um, I'll be back next week. Enjoy the rest of